Somebody ought to go ahead and praise him a little bit more. Oh, I got to go higher. Come on, tell somebody I'm going higher. Oh, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Oh, hallelujah. My, my, my. Y'all keep doing this. We're going to have to throw a little Holy Ghost gas on it and just let it blow up. Hallelujah. High five three people and tell them we're going higher. And it won't be long. We're going to get a trumpet blast and we're going to go all the way up. Everybody said amen. Fantastic job, praise team and the band and got a new drummer up here, a female up here drumming. My goodness gracious alive. I mean, they just did fantastic. Come on, give the band a big hand. Fantastic job. Amen. And uh, we just are glad to be here. Amen. Thankful for the great services you've been having the last few weeks. I've been following. Amen. And uh, it's good to be back this week. And next week we'll be back again. And then a couple of weeks, we'll be back a couple of weeks again. And just quick as I can get through it, it's just going to be a few weeks. We're going to be rocking in here on full time. And I mean, come on. Amen. So you can be seated for just a moment if you'd like to. And let me just, I just noticed the bishop's wife is over here. Lord have mercy. I've been looking forward a whole hour. Good to see you, ma'am. Come on. How many of you appreciate Sister Williams? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, don't be messing with the bishop's wife. Amen. You got me to deal with if you do. Hallelujah. We really appreciate this family and your bishop. And they're up. He's preaching tonight at by the elders. And I think he's going to take a few days off and kill some birds or something. They're going to shoot something. I don't know what it is. But uh, amen. Thank God for your bishop. How many of you love Bishop Williams? Come on. Amen. Amen. We appreciate him and uh, the leadership that you have over you. Amen. It's just fantastic. Amen. And good to have a family here from Mattoon, Illinois. My friends, Lord have mercy. I hadn't, I don't know how long, how long been since I've been there? 15 years, something like that, amen. And uh, they're just wonderful people. Got a wonderful bishop, Brother Shine Dowdy. Y'all know Brother Shine Dowdy? I mean, hey, I was telling somebody about this church and the leadership and the band and the praise team, and, and I mentioned the Dowdies as one of the teams that had one like you. And uh, not too many got a team this good, this anointed. I mean, got a lot of good teams, but don't have many teams that got that unction on it. Amen. Not much anointing on it, but these, this is one of the best praise teams and choirs. Amen. I've heard in years. Amen. And we thank God for it. And we thank God for your bishop and his wife. And we're excited. Amen. Amen. We're excited to be here tonight. And I'm going to start a series. It's called The Over-Under Factor. You may have heard it, may have not, but... Amen. It's a series that the Lord gave me starting 2002. I had a revival in Dallas in 2001 with Brother Tom Foster. How many of you love Brother Foster? Amen. 
And the next year he called me back, said, Greg, why don't you come help me secure as many people as we can. That year of revival, he canceled everything for the whole year. Didn't leave Dallas for a whole year. Did outreach that hundreds and hundreds and over thousands of visitors. And he did follow up on all of them one Saturday night. He called me late. I said, hey, Bishop, what you doing? He said, you're never going to guess about 11 o'clock. I said, what? He said, I just got in from a great day of outreach. I said, do what? He said, I've been doing outreach all day. I said, well, how many did you see? He said, I saw 71 couples. I said, 70. How many? 71 houses he stopped at in one day. Amen. Doing outreach. And so he asked me to come back and help. Um, just secure the people as many as we could and we started flying in for two and a half months and I'd fly in Wednesday morning from California and sleep a little while and get up about two o'clock and start writing out notes and uh, it turned into what had, uh, we started doing as the over under factor and uh, so I want to start this here tonight if you got your Bibles in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 Amen it's about spiritual authority and uh, I believe it is one of the most important uh, understandings that can come to a congregation and a church, just period. But especially a church that starts putting pressure on hell and starts taking people out of hell and bringing them into church, getting them saved. When you start ransacking hell and taking people, I mean, hell gets mad. And, uh, and a lot of times he don't fight it from the outside, but he starts fighting it from the inside. And the devil will have a suit on and a tie and shiny shoes. He'll have on a pretty dress. It'll be modest. It'll meet all the standard requirements. It'll be all the way down the sleeves or wherever you got them, all the way down past the knee. And just face will be clean as a whistle, but that tongue and that heart will be nasty. I'm talking, I mean, I've seen people just, I can tell you some horror stories. Amen. But we don't want to just look good. Tell somebody, I don't want to just look good. I want to be good. Amen. Everybody said amen. So Jesus said we cleanse the inside of the cup that the outside may be clean. He didn't say cleanse the inside of the cup so that the outside is clean. He said, clean the inside of the cup that the outside may be clean also. Amen. So we've got the outward things we have to do. We have to grow up into all of that as we grow in the church and uh, the standards and all those things. But if you've got all the standards, in fact, I'll just say it. I mean, that's the easiest thing to fake about being a Pentecostal and a child of God is standards. Can I get an amen? All we got to do is take you down and Take you to the dress shop, to the men's shop, whatever. Buy you two or three dresses, buy you a pair of shoes. We did that in Dallas. We had, oh man, 250 the first month we was there. And the Lord stopped me in the middle of service and had all the young people that were about 13 years old and up to 18. There's about 15 of them. And uh, I mean, I, I've never done it anywhere else. I said, I need, I need 15 men that'll stand up that'll buy this, these men a shirt, a dress shirt. I need 15 men that'll buy a suit. And they ended up, we dressed them out in four or five suits, shirts, ties, shoes, and socks. And then the girls, we dressed them out in three or four brand new dress outfits, shoes, and the, they took them out shopping and all that. 
Amen. But we got that all we got that all handled. That just took a little shopping spree, just a little bit of money. But that inside, Amen. Touch somebody and say, "My inside." Now that can be a problem. Amen. So we want to talk about spiritual authority. And I don't want to, I don't feel like I have to preach or scream at you a little bit, but I want to go through the first session of notes. Do they have the notes? Where's my, did everybody hand them out? Let's hand them out to everybody. Amen. I got a set of notes that I'll bounce off of. And the ushers are bringing those. So anyway, everybody say we're going to touch the inside. Amen. We're going to talk about spiritual authority and order. Everybody say order. Amen. Amen. And tonight I'm going to title this The Key Ingredient to Great Faith. The Key Ingredient to Great Faith. Matthew 8 and 5 and 14. You'll get a set of notes. They'll be handed to you. You can follow me. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching or begging him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under. Everybody say under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority. Would you say under authority? Having soldiers under me, say under me. I say to this man, go and he goeth to another, come and he cometh to my servant, do this and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be Cast out into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Everybody say the self-same hour. Verse 10, Jesus marveled and said to them that followed him, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, I want to talk to you about the key ingredient to or of great faith. Amen. Lord bless you and you may be seated. The need in the text is desperate. And it becomes so bad that it's out of the centurion's control. He can't heal his servant. He knows it. He knows he's at a moment of death and he needs a miracle and he needs it now. He's heard of Jesus and uh, he finds him in town and uh, he searches for him and finally gets to him. And he says, Lord, I need you to come and heal my servant. He's grievously vexed and tormented. He's sick of palsy. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him just thinking that he would go on. And when he said that, the centurion said, well, I, I, you don't have to come under my roof. Just speak the word only. 
And I kind of, I went to ABI, ABI's Apostolic Bible Institute up in St. Paul, Minnesota, 1981 through 1984. S.G. Norris was president. And uh, the school was known, besides just being good on good basic Bible doctrine, they were also known for their dramas that they did every year at the end of school year. All three classes, first, second, third year, would take the last month of school, which ended up being about from the second week of April through to the middle of May, and we wouldn't have classes anymore. The whole class hour time uh, from 8.30 till noon uh, was done working on your dramas. And so we'd get together and we'd talk for a few days about different dramas and ideas and things. And most of the time, uh, whatever the, uh, the director of our drama would want, that's pretty much what we did. We had two years, we had Brother Robert Sabin as our a drama director, and we, they were just boom shakalaka. Amen. Look at somebody say it was boom shakalaka. I mean, they were, they were, shoo, Lord have mercy. They were good. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost thinking about them. Hallelujah. But anyway, we'd do dramas and we'd do all that. And then in speech class, we learned how to speak. People were feeling called to preach. They'd go to speech class and they'd learn to write little thoughts out. And then they would teach us and give us directions. You know, you got to, you can't just stand there talk, you got to give a little bit of emotion. Some of us were already had emotion and all that, and so they had to calm us down and do all that stuff. And so we got to do the drama classes and work our way through it. And so when I read a text like this, I immediately am snatched back into room 101, downstairs across from the kitchen area, in with Brother Saban, and he's talking to us, and he's stopping at drama practice. He's saying, no, you can't say it like that. You got to say it like this. You got to say it with feeling. And he'd, he'd show it to us, and we'd, we'd go through all that. And and so I just immediately, in reading this text, I immediately see Jesus say, well, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion said, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't have to come under my roof and, and heal him. Just speak the word only and he'll be healed. And I see Jesus go, what? What do you mean speak the word only? And the centurion goes into a little lesson. He tells him, look, I know how this works. I'm a man under authority and I have men under me. He was a centurion, so he had a hundred soldiers underneath his guidance in the great army that he was in. So he said, I have a hundred men under me and I'm a man under authority. Everybody say, under authority. He said, I'm a man under authority and I have men under me. And Jesus is just listening and, and he goes on. He said, I say, this man, come here. And he come and I say, that man, go. And I say, that man, go there. And they all go do it. He says, same thing for you. He said, you don't have to come to my house to talk to a sick man. Just stand right here and talk to it. And when you speak to it, just like I speak to these men, it's going to do what you say because you're a man under authority. And the, Amen. And the Bible says, Jesus said, it said he was marveled at the faith of this centurion. Everybody said centurion. So that means he was outside. He was Gentile which means he was one of us. Everybody say he was one of us. And this Gentile taught God manifest in flesh. This Jew born of a woman, God in flesh, is shocked by this outsider, this man that has no connection to him at this point in time. He's a Gentile and he hears this and he is marveled. He is astonished. He is shocked at the faith of this man. And he says, go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed the self same hour. When I was 
reading this back in 2002, that afternoon in the uh, Marriott Hotel in Dallas, Texas, these words under authority just jumped out at me. And it was just like scales fell off my eyes. It's one of these moments preachers know what I'm talking about. You can read a text and read a story and just read it, read it, read it and preach about it and preach about it. But there's one time you read it and something jumps out and goes, gets you right by the throat. And there's a revelation that comes from it. This is what happened here under authority. So the need was desperate. The centurion, it was out of the centurion's control and he needs a, a tremendous understanding of authority and he explains to Jesus his understanding. He says, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. The word under, now we'll read some definitions in your notes. The word under here is beneath and authority comes from a Greek word that is exousia. It means privilege, force, capacity, competency, token of control. I like these last two, delegated influence. Everybody say delegated influence or jurisdiction. And then you go to the Vines, Vines Expository Dictionary and it declares of the word authority here, it is liberty of doing as one pleases, the ability or strength with which one is endued. It means the power of authority or the right to exercise. I really like this one. It means the rule, the power of rule of government. And it says in the Vines Expository Dictionary, number four, more specifically, apostolic authority. Apostolic authority. He's saying, I understand how the miracle is going to take place. Just as I'm a man under authority and have men under me, I can speak to them and they'll do it at my request. I don't have to go anywhere to get them to obey because I'm under authority. I can have authority over whatever is under me. In this earthly government, this is how it works. It must be the same in your heavenly government. The sickness is in your dimension, Jesus, so just speak to it. Everybody say, the sickness is in Jesus' dimension and he just has to speak to it. Being under authority or delegated influence or jurisdiction gives one jurisdiction over those or that that is under him. You can operate in authority only if you are under authority. Now we're going to hit this at two angles. We're talking about natural authority and natural positions at the church. We're talking about you have bishop and the first lady. They are the head of everything here. Everybody say amen. amen. And then you have your staff under that. And I'm not sure where everybody lays, but you'll find out time we get done with this. We'll have it all set up and we'll model it for you and all that stuff. But you have dimensions of authority. But more importantly, you have a spiritual position. Everybody touch somebody next to you and say, I have a spiritual position in the church. Naturally, we have that naturally. But more importantly is the spiritual ramifications of being under authority. Luke 10, Jesus tells us, uh, the Bible tells us in verse 17 of chapter 10, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. 
And Jesus says to them, I beheld Satan like lightning fall from heaven. It's just like, I mean, they come back all excited. Man, these people are submitted to us. My God, this is powerful. And Jesus just kind of slaps them to attention and he lets them know. He said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's 186,000 miles per second. 186,000 miles per second. Lucifer, the anointed cherub, became the devil and was cast out of heaven and was in the earth at 186,000 miles a second. Tell somebody at the speed of lightning. He went from being a perfect, Bible says, and, and I'll, I'll hold that because I got that in the notes here at the end of this session. But, but Lucifer became the devil. And the, and the Lord lets him know. said, I got, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he said to him, behold, I give you power. Everybody say power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Everybody say power. Of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, you have the word power show up in two verses, but they are two different Greek words. The first word is the word we used a while ago. It is exousia, same as above. Power of authority, right to exercise, power, rule of government, delegated influence, or jurisdiction. But the next word is dunamis, which is force or all that is able or possible to do. So what he's saying is, behold, I give you the right to exercise, delegated influence and jurisdiction to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power or all the force or everything that the devil is able or possible to do. Did you hear that? I read a lot of extra words in there. He said, I give you authority. I give you the right to exercise it. I give you the rule of government. I give you delegated influence. And I give you jurisdiction over all the power of the enemy. All that he is able or possible to do. Tell somebody, when you get in the church, you are immediately placed over the devil. Amen. The Bible says when we're born again, that we are baptized into Christ and we, are, we have put on Christ and it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That happens when you're born again, when you repent of your sins and you're water baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins. Everybody say, I'm baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins. Remission means the blotting out, the removal of my sins. And then I am baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Everybody say, when I have that happen, I immediately become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The word creature there is literally creation. When you are born again, you become a new creation. How new are you? Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Tell somebody, everything's new. When you get born again, if you're here today and you've never been born again, let me encourage you, you need to do it. Everybody in this city needs to do it. They must be born again. That's the words of Jesus. Tell somebody, you've got to be born again. Now that was a good test run for all you saints that didn't clap on that good, simple new birth stuff. I'm gonna give you another chance. I'm gonna say it one more time, give you a chance to clap back like you know what you're talking about. Everybody ready? You must be born again. You must repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. 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 Now, I was talking to the 
the assistant that was taking me out today for lunchtime, we was talking about outreach and everything. And I was telling him, I said, now when you get in a real gear revival, you just have to know there's some services that just ain't nothing but just for guests. And we're trying to get them prayed through pastors preaching real simple. We're trying to pray them through music's geared that way. We're praying for them. We're worship. And the worst thing a congregation can do is sit there, there in basic doctrinal, biblical preaching. Just sit there during his preaching on Calvary. He's crying and ain't nothing worse than be preaching on Calvary and everybody in the church sitting there going. And your guests, now we can see the guests. The guests are going, he's crying. Nobody else is. What's wrong with him? But now if he looks, if they look out and they see, oh my God, everybody's crying. Oh my God, it's moving them. Oh, that's this kind of things. Are, now how do you know that? Because I've taught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of home Bible studies Two sinners. And I've had them ask me questions. And one church, they, a lady asked me, she said, well, does everybody in church believe what you're talking about? And I was teaching about new birth. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I felt a little nudge from the Holy Ghost said, you need to listen. And I said, why do you ask? She said, well, I'll ask you another question. You see everybody worshiping. She said, you're up there jumping around and worshiping, but nobody else is. I'm just, what's wrong with you? Why do you ask? She said, well, really, she said, you know, you're preaching and you're, or somebody else is preaching and you're saying amen to the preacher, but I look around the other 70 or 80 in church and nobody else is saying that. And so I'm kind of wondering, you, have you got a problem or what's up? And you obviously don't have a problem because you're crying and you're preaching or you're crying and you're saying amen to him, and, and, but, but nobody else is. Now, I was there for a while, about almost three years. We had one person pray through the Holy Ghost in three years. Whole big story, big mess. It was crazy. God moved me out of it. Thank you, Jesus. And and everything got worked out. They got a new pastor in there, and they're doing good. And that pastor, you know, they he had to he backslid for a while and lost out. And he prayed back through, and everything's good there. So anyway, uh, but but the, but the, but the visitor. Everybody say the visitor was wondering why nobody else was feeling the emotion the preacher was feeling because y'all look the same. Amen. You could just be a spiritual game. You can just be, you just want to be in the group so you change your clothes. I'm helping, you know, the gangs, in, you could, if you want to be in one gang in this city, you can't be in another gang's clothes. You got to tell somebody, you got to change your clothes if you're going to change gangs. Oh, look at somebody say, I did change gangs and I have changed my clothes. <laughs> Look at somebody say, "Amen, Amen." You so so. I said, "Well, what are you saying?" She said, "Well, I'm just wondering." She said, "Nobody else, nobody else is crying. Nobody else is excited. Nobody else, but you are. What's the deal?" And it's when the Lord started talking to me and and taught me about the need for amens and tell somebody He's going to move on now that we've all said Amen. <laughs> Say that dirt road was for y'all that didn't say Amen 28 minutes ago or 28 seconds ago. Hallelujah. So he said, uh, he, God gives delegates exousia over all. Everybody say over all that Satan is able or possible to do. This power is delegated to us. It is not of us or ours because of our ability, knowledge, or earthly position. Tell somebody it comes from God. God gives us authority. Notice Lucifer's position. I'm on what I was going to tell you all ago. Ezekiel 28, 13 through 15. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Everybody say covering. 
the sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Everybody say Lucifer was created. Can I just say to somebody, Lucifer is not eternal. He has not been here forever like God. He was created by God. God did not create the devil. He created Lucifer, the anointed cherub. Everybody say God created Lucifer, the anointed cherub. Now this is in the beginning. This is before there was any earth, before there was any of that. God is by himself. He creates angels. Okay, we're going to go through that. And he creates Lucifer. He was not only uh, with the workmanship of his tablets and of his pipes were prepared in him, but he said, thou art the anointed cherub. Say, he was anointed. He said, you are the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee. So everybody say, God set him. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect. Everybody say, Lucifer was perfect. In thy ways from the day thou was created. From the day God created Lucifer, he was perfect. Everybody say, he was perfect. Last of verse 15. Till iniquity was found in thee. Iniquity, what is it? It is self-will. Self-will. Can I just say to you that we always have will. Even once you're born again, you have a will. Now, the one of the most important things is, besides all the outer things that we've talked about and kind of uh, uh, lightly talked about here at the beginning, all of that is important. But what is more important is that you understand you have a will. If we could uh, divide you into three parts here, I'll just try to act this out. I did ABI drama, so my, my, my bachelor's degree is kicking in right now, so I'm going to act it out. <laughs> Uh, before it was me and my will before I was born again once I was born again there's a new me there's a new me I'm a new creature in Christ amen but now there's still my old will and there's still my flesh everybody say I got my same flesh that I had when I got the Holy Ghost some of y'all been in church 95 years, you still got the flesh. <laughs> Everybody say, the flesh isn't me, it just reveals me. Amen. You live inside your flesh. So, so now you have three things. You have your flesh, you have your will, and you have the Spirit of God in you. And you have to choose. Every day, all day, in front of all kinds of people, all situations, you have to choose. Are you going to walk according to your new man? You can choose that. Or are you going to, are you going to act like an old man? Like your old Are you going to act like you used to act? Because you can do what you want to do. Tell somebody you can do what you want to do. I mean, you can act cray-cray in the couillon. That's Cajun for you can be crazy in the head if you want to. Tell somebody crazy in the kook. I can... <laughs> Crazy in the couillon. I mean, you can be crazy in the head if you want to. Tell somebody, I can do what I want to, but I want to be a Christian. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk with God. 
I want to walk under authority. Tell somebody, I want to walk under authority. Amen. I want to do, I want to do that. So you have that working in all of you. Some of you now may be feeling, I don't believe this. And so, you know, look at somebody and say, just act like you do. So he just hurries and finishes. Because I get these, sometimes I've been preaching this long. I get some of these thoughts popping in my head just like that. I just said, I'm just, I, why did I say that? I'm getting old enough now. I'm kind of wondering, why are you saying something? Now, back when I was 35 and under, I didn't give a flip, man. I just, <laughs> just did rip everybody up. Come, well, Sister Pope, y'all remember that? I was rougher. And, but I have got nicer in my old age. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, what, what are you saying? I'm saying you have a will. Everybody say, I have a will. And I have to submit my will. Here, let's look at some words out of this text. Covering here means garniture or covering. To screen, to cover oneself. I'm reading straight from your notes. Page three. The workmanship means deputyship or ministry. He said the workmanship uh, of thy tablets. The ministry, the deputyship, the employment of my tab of thy tablets. Tablets, what was tablets? It meant a skin covered tambourine. So there was something that gave off a sound of Lucifer's physical makeup that gave off the sound of a tambourine, skin covered tambourine. Have you ever seen one of those old tile tambourines? I mean, you I used to could play one, now I can't no more. I can play one of them half round ones, but I used to could play one that had skin over you. Boy, you could just now, there's nothing worse than someone trying to play a tambourine can't keep beating. So, you know, pastor has to get up and say, okay, there'll be no more tambourines in the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> pastor said, where's that tambourine player? I said, I shut it down. She's still here, but she can't play no more. Why? Because she can't keep a beat. <laughs> we want a joyful noise, but we want it in beat too. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> amen. But there was something about Lucifer's makeup that gave off the sound of a skin-covered tambourine. And then it says his pipes were prepared in him. Prepared as make provision or made ready for. He was created. Everybody say Lucifer was created. Say Lucifer is not eternal. He's not equal to God. Come on, somebody say he's not equal to God. Lucifer has not always been. God created him. Amen. And uh, created here is to fashion. And that latter primarily emphasizes the shaping of an object while this emphasizes the initiation of the object. He was initiated. He had a beginning. Everybody say Lucifer had a beginning. He said you are the anointed cherub. The word anointed here, uh, the second one under the letter B specifically means expansion. You're the cherub. Uh, guardian of Eden, the flanking of God's throne as an image for, from hovering over the Ark of the Covenant. Note, Michael was the cherub of war. Gabriel was the cherub of announcement. And Lucifer was the cherub of praise. God had three cherubims. We, uh, tabernacle plan has three parts. There's, there's one tabernacle, but it's made of outer court, holy place, and holy of holies. Everybody say one, two, three. And in each department, there's three things. There's a door, laver of uh, a brazen altar, and the laver of water. Everybody say one, two, three. And then one, two, three. And in the second dimension, there's another one, two, three. Brazen altar, there is 
uh, golden candlesticks, table of showbread, and altar of incense. Everybody say one, two, three. Three, three, one. No. The Ark of the Covenant was in the third dimension, but it had three things in it. So what does it say? One, two, three, and three, three, three is 12. So one, three, seven. You have seven things in that dimension. You got the brazen altar, laver of water, golden candlestick, table of showbread, altar of incense, the veil. Everybody say that's the flesh. Was three inches thick, three pieces of curtain hung together. And then you got the Ark of the Covenant in the third dimension, and there was three things in that. So it's one, two, three, 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 three was nine, and you put the one, two, three, and the three, three, three together, you got 12. You had seven things in sight, so all these one, three, seven, nine, 12 are very biblical, I would call apostolic numbers in Scripture. You go through Scripture. I got a sermon I preached about the one, two, threes of God and you would be mind blown about everything that's three. Three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the east, three gates on the west, into heaven. One heaven, but you got three, 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 nine, twelve ways. How many? Twelve doors. How many steps and paces do you have? How many things do you have in the tabernacle? Twelve. Everybody say, he's going to have to come back and preach on that. One, two, three. You got righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say amen. Amen. So a whole bunch of one, two, threes. And this is where it, it, it gets its beginning. She said, how art thou fallen? How are you cut down? Uh, which is to destroy anything. He said, I will ascend. Which occurs uh, in Semitic languages, including biblical Hebrew. In the Old Testament, 890 times. Basically, Allah suggests movement. Everybody say Movement. From a lower to a higher place. Movement from a lower to a higher place. And then this verse says, Why, how, did, how did you do this? He said, I exalted myself. It appears 190 times in biblical Hebrew. Basically, rum represents either the state of being on a higher plane or movement in an upward direction. This movement is not the promotion of Lucifer by God, by his movement, but it is his movement out of rebellion. He says in this text, I will seven times. Or five times, I'm sorry. Five times he says, I will. I will exalt myself. I'll be like the most high. I will, I will. That's not your job, Lucifer. You are here. What was Lucifer's job? Lucifer, he had a throne. Everybody say, Lucifer had a throne. God had a throne. Lucifer had a throne. God was perfect. Lucifer was perfect. But Lucifer, one day, in the midst of leading this mass choir, which the Bible says there was thousands of thousands, times 10,000, times 10,000 angels. So 1,000 times 1,000 is a million, times 10,000, which is literally in the Bible, 10,000 is an incalculable number. So it was a million angels times an incalculable number times another incalculable number of holy angels. Of the angels, then the rank goes to seraphims, then to cherubims, then Lucifer, then God. That's the structure of the heavenlies before the fall. Everybody say God's always had structure. The Bible says that it was a day when Lucifer 
had a will. His will kicked in. He said, I will be like the Most High. Now, now you have to understand. Now, again, there's multiplied hundreds of millions of angels. And he's over all of them. He's got authority. He's perfect. He's beautiful. He's a boom shakalaki. He's right in the burning presence of God. He's got diamonds and carbuncles. And I mean, when the light of God comes out, I mean, it hits Lucifer. It's just a rainbow of colors going. I mean, Lucifer's got it going on. He's got authority, which means he's got power over these angels to direct this massive choir. What do they say? They say one to the other. He's holy. He's holy. Everybody look at somebody and say, he's holy. Keep saying it. Say it to somebody else. He's holy. Turn to somebody else. Say, he's holy. Now just keep saying it for 15 seconds. Just everybody keep saying it. Ready? Go. Keep going. That's what the angels were doing then. That's what they're doing now. And that's what they'll be in any, doing in eternity. All they do is they say of God, he's holy. It was a worship service. Lucifer's leading a worship service in the heavens. He's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, 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 holy. I don't know how they're doing it. They're just saying he's holy. Or if they got a great band up there, just he's holy. And they got, I mean, they got, I'm just talking about rhythm and funk going on. And that's why I like it. Sorry. I mean, I you say, don't you like country music? It's little. It's little. I mean, you, you can sing country and just bump a good note. You I mean, you just bump a good note and slide up on it, slide off of it. I mean, and they just go, oh my God, that's beautiful. What we do? Now, you can learn to do it where it sounds okay, but look at somebody say, I like a little groove in my stuff. Hallelujah. I am a black man trapped in a white body, is what I am. Hallelujah. That's the first time saying it here. Look at somebody say, that's it. Brother Godwin is a black man. Trapped in a white body, hallelujah. I mean, if that music hit, boom, that's why I just like this music here. I just catch myself down there going, hey. Woo, and I see all y'all doing, don't act like you holy. I see y'all down there. All that stuff. Amen, you're gonna have to be careful now, having flashbacks. <laughs> Amen, everybody say, as unto the Lord, I got a little movement in me, hallelujah. Amen. I mean, they, had, they may have the groove going. They may have country music going up there. You don't ever know. We'll get up here and be blown. They may have symphonic music going. He's holy, 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 holy. Heaven just, I mean, just it could be, hey, you don't know what's going to be. It's going to be beautiful. But somewhere in the midst of this praise and worship and the lifting up of God, and God is burning light, his presence shining through Lucifer rainbow. This massive choir singing about God. Lucifer has a thought. I will exalt myself. What? Are you a harebrained idiot? Are you a dim wit and dim what he do? What did he do? Are you stupid? And he said, I will exalt myself. I will be like the most high. I will. I will sit on the mountain of the congregation. And he goes through five I wills. 
The next thing we know in Revelation 12, God gives a little understanding. John sees it in his dream. He said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The Bible further tells us that there was one third of this innumerable host of angels were cast out with him. One third of this multiplied millions of angels fell. Everybody say, without God getting involved. It's still two-thirds to one-third. Two-thirds of holy angels against one-third of the demonic angels. Tell somebody we still win. But tell somebody we still got God on top of it all. If the whole heavenly atmosphere changes and every angel rebels, we still have God. Amen. Lucifer was immediately cast out of heaven into the earth. We believe this happened somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis. How many millions of years were before? We don't know. How many? It don't matter. All that matters is, is when God said, let there be light. Time started ticking. That's what matters. Look at somebody say, in that space of time, we're living right now. Come on, put your thumb and first finger up and say, that's how much time we got. This is the time, beginning of man, and there will be a moment when God say, time shall be no more. And God will put an edge on it, and that will be the space of time in which has no boundary on the other side, no boundary on that side. In the vast openness of eternity, there is a space called time. God said, I want to have a space called time because I want to create a man in my image and after my likeness that will have a choice. He can say, I want what you have, or he can tell me, take a long walk off a short bridge. God said, I'm going to give him the right. They're made in my image and after my likeness. Look at somebody and tell them the choice is yours. Somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2, the chaos happened. And suddenly the earth is without form and void. Vast destruction takes place. I believe it's here when Lucifer, and we'll teach it again next week, I'll touch this again, but I believe that's when Lucifer and the one-third of the angels were cast into this earth. They threw it into utter chaos and destruction. But before you get out of verse 2, God has begun the recreation. Look at somebody and say, it no matter what the devil's done to you, God can fix it in one moment. It no matter how long you've been on drugs, God can fix you in a moment. It no matter how long you've been on alcohol, God can fix you in a moment. It no matter how long you've been abused and misused, God can turn that around in a moment. So Lucifer was given a seat of honor in heaven, a covered or canopied throne is literally the word. It's a canopied throne. Under Thrown Satan's order of attack against authority. Look at this. I'll close with this. Revelation 2 and 1 and then Revelation 121. Let's read that. Revelation 2 and 1. Drum roll. There it is. Unto the angel of the church. Everybody say, this is written to the church of Ephesus. He said, I write. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars. Everybody say, seven stars in his right hand. Seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, we talk about God's right hand. God is an omnipresent. That means everywhere at one time kind of God. 
I got half of his head right. I said he's an omnipresent God. That means he's God right here in Fort Myers, Florida. And he's God in Mattoon, Illinois right now. There's as much God in Mattoon as there is right here in Florida. And there's as God, much God here as there is in New Orleans, Louisiana. The same amount of God in it because he's omnipresent God. He's everywhere at the same time. That means he's with you in the car. He's with you at your work. He's with you in his omnipresence. But now you come walking in him with him in you in manifest glory. Tell somebody, say, that'll be for another night. Amen. When you walk into work and you got God in you. That's, that's another step beyond just omnipresence. Amen. God was everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. Amen. In uh, Revelation 121, let's read that. Revelation 121. 1 and 21. 1 and 21. So there were seven stars. How about you say seven stars? Remember me talking to you about the numbers? 1, 3, 7, 10, 12. Very important numbers. There were seven stars in God's right hand. Why? It's seven angels of the church. God is teaching them a lesson here. And there we go. There we go. Sorry, I said 121. I meant 120, didn't I? My fault. Sorry. Uh, so he said seven stars in God's right hand. God does not have a right side or a right hand. He's talking about the position of authority or in power. When he says the right hand in scripture, he's talking about authority and power. Everybody say authority and power. Now he says, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The seven stars are the seven angels of the churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou saw, they are the seven churches. So he saw seven churches and he saw seven angels. The word angel here is pastor. Amen? So here's my final point. Let's look at Revelation 2 and 13. Let's read that one. I got a half a page of notes, so I'm almost done. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Now he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to Hollywood. He's not talking about the government of Australia or the government of the United States. He, talk, he said, I'm talking to the church. See, see, he's talking to the church. He said, I know where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith even those days wherein uh, Antipas was faithful martyr who was slain among all where Satan dwelleth. Everybody say where Satan dwelleth. Now look at Revelation 2 and 9. Let's look at that one. He said I know where Satan's seed is. And then he says I know thy works and tribulation, your trouble, your burdens. Your poverty, but thou art rich, and I know thy blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. He's talking to the church. Somebody say he's talking to the church. He names these two churches. He says, y'all got a lot of problems, but the main problem is, is the devil's in them. He's got a seat in one, and he's got a church in another one. He's got a seat in one church, but he's got a church inside the other church. Look at somebody and say, we can have a church, but we don't need a church with another church inside this church. Tell somebody, I have a seat in this church, 
but Satan can't have a seat in this church. Come on, tell somebody, he can't sit here. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying this. I don't feel one devil in here. I don't feel one fallen spirit. I've come to speak to this church and teach you and tell you you've got to stay under authority and don't give up one seat to anybody. Amen. Look at somebody say, don't give up one seat to anybody to be a devil. What am I saying? You can be seated 20 seconds. I'm saying, don't. Look at some church people around you and say, don't you become the devil. I could keep you here another hour and tell you some stories that will freak you out. People that were as apostolic looking as any of you. Start having church. Pastors, of course, the lead in the church, no matter who comes in. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, it don't matter. Pastor's the head in the church. In every local church, pastor is number one. Apostle and prophet and evangelist and teacher all come alongside to help the pastor. In the local church, everybody say, in the local church, pastor is the head. But I'm an evangelist. I come along. How many times have y'all heard me say in the few times I've been here, am I okay? Because I mean it. I mean, I just get to saying things I normally say, and I get to, whoop, I don't know. Am I okay? Yes, sir, keep preaching. I'll, Boom, that's sick him to a bulldog right there. Just keep preaching. You have to understand, Bishop and Sister Williams are more than just good preachers and singers. And You have to understand that in this new birth atmosphere, God has a head. And the head is Bishop and Sister Williams. Everybody say amen. And the first attack, I'm going to get to my notes so I stay, so I hurry quick. Satan will attack headship. I want everybody to sit down except the leaders in the church. Everybody sit down except leaders, preachers and leaders. If you're a leader, you can stay standing. If you're not a leader, I want you to sit. Test one, two, three. Amen. Make sure their leaders are standing. Okay? Leaders, y'all come right up here. Come right up here. Just come on. That'll help me close. If you're a leader in the church, you got a position in the church, come right up here. In fact, let's do this. Ones that are on staff and paid, I want you to step up on the second row. If you're on the second row. I want you, if you're a paid staff member, I want you to step up on the second row. They here? Anybody else here but you? Call them up. That's what. Come quick. Come quick. Come on. Ha! Evil shot. Time's ticking. I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. Paid staff. Paid staff. And then everybody else come up in here. Your leaders come. Come right up under them. Come right up under them. Leaders. Leaders. Everybody say those are our leaders. The first attack that Satan will make in a church will be in this group. If and when the attack comes, it's going to be in this group. Either this group or people that are added to it. Somewhere, the first place Satan will attack is in leadership, headship. 
he'll, he'll attack, I should say first, he'll attack Bishop and Sister Williams. How do we attack them? Well, uh, he'll get them to get out of authority. How they get out of authority? Well, they get, uh, how can I say it? They get, uh, uh, nobody else can talk to you. The only voice that can talk to y'all is them. Now you know you got a problem. Brother Wilson all of a sudden doesn't come anymore. Brother Elder doesn't come anymore. And I was going to tell y'all, I'm just a little peon in this, but if I hear that, I'm going to tip out. I'm out. I'm not even going to ask what's going on. I'm just going to tip out. I know Brother Williams. He, I know what he said about his pastor. He almost broke down in tears talking to me about him last week. I know how he feels about Brother Will, Brother Wilson. That's Brother Elder's father, so it's his grandpa. Brother Wilson was just here the week after I left. Did he throw down or what? Oh my goodness! He out. But now you have to understand: when you come into leadership, you're in a vulnerable place. Satan will attack headship first. Everybody else, stand with me. Look at somebody right here in this group and say, he ain't coming through this way. I don't know what group you're over. I don't know if you're over the young marriage, you're over Sunday school, or what, what's your department? You're the choir. I don't know. I don't know if you're over the ushers. I don't know. I don't know if you're uh, one of the preachers on staff that never, you know, I don't see this, but I'm just going to say it because it hit me. Look at somebody say, it just came to him. So he's going to say this next thing. I don't know if you're one of the preachers here that never gets invited or ex excited or fired up until he gets up here. Now, look at somebody and say, he don't know nobody. And now that right there just ain't going to work. Now, I'm going to tell you. I may jump on you before Brother Williams even notices it. I'm going to work your tail over. And I almost said something else, but I got the Holy Ghost. I said, but I've seen it. I've seen it. Craziness. Because you've got a position, you know. Everybody say, we're under authority. Amen. So Satan wants to attack headship first. Everybody say leaders. And if we got Sunday school teachers, why don't you come? Why don't y'all move down here to the middle for me? Just come right down here in the middle. And if you're a Sunday school teacher or something here, or a bus driver or something in the church here, why don't you just come right down in here behind these? If you're, I don't know what kind of department y'all got. Just If you're in a position in the church, just come on down here. Just don't matter. Come on. In the choir, come on down here. If you're a musician, come on down here. If you're a mom or a dad, come on down here. Hallelujah. If you want to be in the church, come on down here. Hallelujah. Just everybody come on. So what am I saying here tonight? Satan will attack headship first. Touch somebody in front of you and say he'll attack you first. Just attack everybody touching somebody all the way up to these three here. Everybody touching, come on, touch these three up here in front of you. Everybody touch those in front. Come on, touch, touch, touch. Say he's going to attack headship, attack head. He's going to attack you first. Tell somebody he's going to attack you first. Just touch what's in front of you. Say he's going to attack you first. Where's Sister Williams? Where's Sister Williams? Where's she? There she is. Come up here, Mom. I forgot talking to you and forgetting. Come on up here and just stand up over here in front of everybody. Come on. She's going to stand here and represent her husband and her. And they, they're going to attack you. They're going to attack you to get to them. Or 
they'll, they'll attack you to get to them. Or they'll attack you to get to them. They'll attack you to get to them. They'll tell somebody he's going to attack somewhere. But tell him he ain't coming here. That ain't going to work. He ain't coming here. Why? He will attack headship, the stars, first. Then he moves to the congregation. Why? Seeking to set up his kingdom of false authority. Ezekiel 28 reveals how Lucifer trespassed against God's holiness. But Isaiah 14 reveals Lucifer's violating God's authority. To offend God's authority is far more serious than the offense of his holiness. Sinning against God's holiness is a matter of conduct. But sinning against God's authority is rebellion. I'm going to say that again. Sinning against God's holiness is a matter of conduct. But sinning against God's authority is rebellion. And rebellion is like as the sin of witchcraft. What is rebellion? It's when you are doing something that you know, Pastor, has asked you not to do. In your leadership. For you to know it and do it anyway is witchcraft. It's the sin of witchcraft. It's working on you, and if you keep it up, you'll end up full of it. Now, it's been years since I've cast devils out of anybody. I don't, I don't feel no devils here, so I'm good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying... Rebellion against authority. Everybody touch the person in front of you. Rebellion against authority. Stay hold of them. Is as the sin of witchcraft. So when pastor and his wife give a word from this pulpit, if it's just about a meeting you're having, if it's about a get-together you're having, it's about leadership, whatever it is. Or if he gets up in one night, he preaches and said, now look, this is going on, I want it stopped. There ought to be an I, I, Captain, amen, ceasing your, yes, sir, I got it. Amen. And I know him. If there's guests in here, he's going to stay focused on them. He don't want to chase some knothead saint. This is what I told my man here today. Look, you got a bunch of guests in here need the Holy Ghost. These saints that are acting like an idiot can go straight to hell. If I'm preaching and you claim to be a saint and you're an idiot, you can just go to hell because I'm going to reach you sinners. And if you don't get right between then and then, you have a car wreck and go to hell, that's on you. Because I'm not going to kill a bunch of people that want to be saved messing with your hide that don't want to be saved. Tell somebody that's exactly right. I feel I got cold chills all over me. So when it comes Sunday morning, for sure, pastors preaching to the people that need the Holy Ghost. So on Sunday morning, we're all here for one reason. That's to pray and worship and create the atmosphere and pray people through the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's why we want to stay submitted. Everybody say we got to stay submitted. Stay submitted. Stay submitted. Revelation 12, 7 through 12 explains. Verse 8, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. When Lucifer fell out of heaven... Their place, the word is tapos. It means spot or place of occupancy. 
their position, their home, their opportunity was not found anymore. Lucifer's authority was not because of who he was, but it was according to his location, positioning, opportunity, or spot. Lucifer got carried away at his beauty. Lucifer was carried away at his rhythm. Lucifer was carried away at his ability to speak. Lucifer was carried away with the way he could reflect the glory of God. And then he had that throne. The only angel that had a throne. And he thought, you know what? I want that seat. He's the only angel that was perfect. Only angel covered with every precious jewel. Only angel had perfect voice. Only angel that had rhythm. Only one. And he saw one person, we'll say, that had a bigger throne that was burning glory of light. And he said, I want his. Rebellion comes out of people who are not content. Lucifer should have been absolutely content. Out of a multiplied millions of angels, he was the number one angel. But iniquity, self-will. How long did it go? Did it, did it come out just as soon as it hit him? Don't know. May have been thousands of years, hundreds of years. Don't know. Only thing the Bible records is iniquity was found in him. And he went from being the anointed cherub anointed cherub that led the worship I could talk about that for a while that's why worship leaders have to be careful band members you've got to be careful drummers and keyboard players and guitar players and singers and you got to be I know you can sing and, and give a scale a heart attack you can go up and down there so much but you need to chill yourself you need, can I just say this to the men? You need to keep yourself under authority. I said this to some people the last couple of weeks. If I could remember, if the Lord will bring it back to me, I'll tell you. I talked about the Dowdy's Choir. We did a big Holy Ghost crusade up at Washington, D.C., had them sing. We did a big service. They sang. They sang outside, right outside the Senate building there. They had about 50 voices and they had a piano and a drum center. They started singing. And senators and representatives came out of that building and stood around and watched that choir and those black and gold robes sing. And they, we was fussing, Brother Morgan, we was, who are we going to get? I said, we need the dads. Well, we got this one. I said, we need the dads. We got this. I said, we need the. He said, why do you keep saying dads? I said, because they're under authority. He said, oh my God. I said, we don't need some wild out of control church people that just know how to sing but they have no submission in them up there trying to bring the glory in at the at the cap. you got to be crazy I was saying to them I was saying about this choir this choir is just like Brother, Brother Dowdy's choir it's just like Brother Mangan's choir it's just it's that good of music and that good of but more than that they're good they're anointed what brings the anointing not just because you got the Holy Ghost but it's because you're under authority yes. Yes. Pastor
pastor's son, but he's a drummer and he's under authority. You're under authority. Tell somebody, I'm under authority. And that's what makes it better than the beat. It makes it better if you're on the groove. It, it makes it better than if you just got all the parts. Everybody say, we're under authority. Revival's coming. I've been in churches, we've had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people get the Holy Ghost with music that wasn't an eighth this good or this tight, but it was just as anointed. Why? Because they were submitted. They were under authority and God anointed it. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. God, I'm asking your authority and your power to keep flowing on this church. Let it flow down from this pulpit down through this group. Lucifer became the devil when he rebelled. Stay in your place, church. Stay under the authority. The glory flows from the head down. That's why it's on you now. That's why you feel it now. Is because there's unity here. Come on, pray with somebody in front of you or beside you. Pray with them in the name of Jesus. Every position, every man of God, every woman of God, every saint, every elder, every preacher, every department head, every cameraman, every sound man, every usher, every greeter. God, let us be under authority. Let the Holy Ghost flow down the head. Let it flow down the head. That's it. Come on, let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, praise him, somebody. Praise him. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Come on, pray with somebody around you. Pray with somebody. We're staying under authority. I'm staying under authority. Oh, yes, Jesus. 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 We submit, Lord. We submit, Lord. We submit. We submit. We're submitted. We're submitted to the authority that's over us. Woo! Come on, somebody praise it. That's it. Come on, love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. Come on, ladies. Come on, husbands. Come on, new converts. Come on, guests. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We submit ourselves. 
authority. We come under authority. We come under authority. In the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, come on somebody. Come on, praise Him. Lift your hands again. Everybody lift your hands and give God some praise. Come on, give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. We submit ourselves. Come on, praise Him, somebody. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands high. Give God some praise. Let His Spirit flow in you. Let it flow through you. Come on, let it flow through you. Holy Ghost conductors, let it flow through you. Kandabo yandai la bashaya. Kondiri aboya tabashaya. Hayalaboya tabashaya. Hallelujah.